0: We're live. We're we're on. Well, <laughs> uh, great to have everyone uh, to our podcast. And we got a special today we're doing, which is uh, Facebook Live. Yes. So great to have you, Dr. Bo and Chelsea. And we're going to also talk about one of our favorite books. At least Bo gives me a hard time. It's my favorite book.
1: Not a hard time. It's more glorifying
0: <laughs> <me>. <laughs> you. He thinks I'm earning lots of money off of this book every time I mention it.
2: Much anticipated conversation, though. <laughs>
1: well, you should have negotiated that deal before you started talking about it. I should time, have. Right? I should
0: have. Peter Tia, um, uh, if you listen to this podcast, hopefully you'll contact me, yeah. and uh, we'll make a deal.
1: Yeah, for sure. How, how many books do you think you've sold? Or how many people oh, have been told I, to buy this book?
0: I recommend this to most of my patients. Um, and then I think every person, every health care worker, medical student, physician, nurse, needs to read it. Because I think it's where medicine needs to go. He meant to throw that in there.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: (laughs) He was looking at me. I knew I was included. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're
1: not off the hook (laughs) in aging. Um, So first of all, the book, Outlive, Peter Atiyah, his first book?
0: First book, and he said his only Only book. That's right. It took him almost, what, six to eight years to write this book.
1: Yeah, and he kind of, from the, the podcast I heard with him and Rogan, it started out as a very nerdy, doctors-only type of book. Yes. And mm-hmm. his publisher basically said, go back, rewrite yeah, this. nobody's going to read this. Nobody's going to read this. It's not a medical textbook.
0: Which, if you listen to his podcast, um, his podcasts are very detailed. And matter of fact, I leave his podcast sometimes more confused <laughs> than clarification. So when I read this book, to me, it's he nailed it. He did such a good job of of making complex cops topics easy and simple mm-hmm. uh, and i think it's one of the most practical things that if i was to hand a a patient and say hey this is what your life needs to look like go do it okay or personally this is what my life needs to look like go do it sure so would yeah. you, would you agree i
1: mean uh, not for me <laughs> you guys could do it <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding just kidding
2: no uh, i think it's a very good like it's got the umbrella you know it kind of covers it all
1: i think it's important to so peter atia um Outlive, his podcast is called The Drive. Mm -hmm. You can subscribe to his services. uh, I think it's like 15 bucks a month. And you get uh, the qualities and you get some other podcasts, little details that they summarize and do ask me anything questions. Um, But I think it's important to talk about who he is uh, to understand kind of what this book is. Um, and It's something that you and I, that Blue and I can both identify because he kind of went down the same road we did Uh, so he's a general surgeon, uh, went to medical school in Canada, I believe, did general surgery residency in at John Hopkins, at John Hopkins, mm-hmm. and went into surgical oncology. Correct. And was there for two years, I think.
0: I thought he got close to his chief year. So five years. Yeah. And, uh, realized just like a lot of us in medicine just saw that we're not making people really that much better.
1: Yeah, so got disenchanted with medicine mm-hmm. because he felt like people are just too unhealthy and there's nothing we can do. Went into finance. finance.
0: So has math. he loves math, and that's where it kind of took him into, like you said, finance and, and number yeah. crunching.
1: Was kind of on Wall Street, hedge fund type mm-hmm. guy, doing analytics, and then returned to medicine because he thought he could make a difference in people's health. Mm-hmm. And his... What he kind of specifically has an interest in is longevity. Hmm. So, aging well, aging better, uh, being more functional later into life. And I think that's important to state because that's the basis of this book. But it's also the basis of anybody's life. If, if you're interested in being healthy and living long, uh, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in weight loss mm-hmm. and don't really apply the same principles that it takes to age well to their weight loss journey. And that's where people make a lot of mistakes.
0: And I think this is personally just being in this, that I'm realizing weight struggles is a symptom of metabolic unhealthiness. And it's not necessarily completely the driving cause. You have underlying metabolic problems already going on in your body years before you start getting overweight. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's learning how to correct all these issues that you have going on metabolically. And then a side effect, a good side effect, will be weight loss. And so that's why we strive to help patients be healthier um, and then they'll lose weight. Yeah.
1: So the symptom of underlying issues is weight gain. Correct. Weight loss is a byproduct of changing all the things that the led you. cause. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So we're going to cover uh, part one. Is it part? Part one. Part yeah. One. So
2: the book is broken into three different parts. So the first part's kind of an intro to medicine in general. Second part kind of gets into the nitty gritty—that's <laughs> what I would call it—and then the third part kind of finishes it out, wraps it all up.
0: So I believe this book's five hundred pages.
2: It's a big. Book. It's a big book. Grab the book. Show the people yeah. on the Facebook. It's a big live. book.
0: Uh, don't let it overwhelm you. Uh, I it's got did a fancy
1: the fancy cover
2: though. It does. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, fancy cover. Do you guys want, you want the page total?
0: I think it's around 490 or something like that. As what I thought. I'm
1: not going to count the credits.
2: I can just say that when I got it, you guys were like, oh, you've got to read it, or Blue was, <laughs> and it showed up on my desk, and I was like, Mindy, oh, no. <laughs> what did I sign up for? It's like a textbook. It's going to take all year. But th- the first half of it, I read so quickly. Yeah. The first half was so easy to read because it's a lot of personal story and all of that. And then the last mm, third of it was the same.
1: The good news, it's only 416 pages. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay.
0: Okay. I over-exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. Felt like 492. Yeah. Ty- <laughs> ty- typical man. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, uh, that's hilarious. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to go there. Um, audible. I do Audible. Mm-hmm. I can, I found in the past few years, just turn on Audible book on the way to work and, and also on the way home. You can go through a book real quick and so i encourage patients that try that um, you can this book especially i got i got to where i actually wanted to listen to it and there's only a few books that captivate you like that especially scientific books mm-hmm. so
1: okay yeah. well now that you mentioned scientific you just scared everybody off <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding no the, the point of this book and the the rewrite we were talking about is it's not very i mean it's right. based in science but it's more anecdotal stories and stories of patients of his um so let's dive in to the part one part one yeah
2: part one Chelsea
1: you have some
0: outline
2: (laughs) I'm the one who took the notes typical female right (laughs) typical
0: typical I told um, her I wanted to sit by her in college. I mean, look at these notes, yeah, Bo. This I mean, is yeah. awesome. Couldn't get better than this. I should have <laughs> sold my notes i got a book college. up here. Everything's highlighted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think the first big idea that he talks about is, well, he brings it into play as this medicine 2.0 and medicine 3.0. So medicine 2.0 being the medicine that we kind of live under, like your current healthcare system and how that is, mm, what did he say, preventative? rather than proactive it's
1: it's reactive uh reactive, so current, yeah, current medicine is reactive oh mm-hmm. you're a diabetic let's treat you Yep. oh you've gained 200 pounds let's do something um right. and that's that's how our, our that's how medicine is right now unless mm-hmm. you go to a chiropractor or a functional medicine doctor which are few and far between and very biased in their thoughts <laughs> um you you basically are going to a primary care doctor and they're looking at your labs and saying, oh, your cholesterol is elevated. Let's uh, put you on this medicine. Um, So there's no, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I didn't get much health and wellness education in high school.
0: None. I didn't get
1: any in college. Nor in medical school. I didn't get any in medical school. No. So we're not taught. We're not prepared. Medicine, current medicine, Mm -hmm. does not have your health at its main interest. Mm -hmm. It has, it's mainly about correcting problems you've accumulated.
0: And I'd say this, if a patient reads this book, they have more knowledge than probably every physician in medical school right now or that's going through medical school or in training, um, in residency, even your current physician. So I think it's, it's, this to me is a book that, um, we're just not taught and we're not taught this information in, in medical school. And so, um,
1: yeah, it's, I think it's uh, We're not demonizing your primary care doctor. It's just where the modern medicine is not equipped to talk about Mm -hmm. how to keep you healthy. Correct. Right. It's equipped to take care of you when you're unhealthy. Yeah. Right. So that'd be medicine 2.0 medicine 3.0 is how do we keep you healthy? Right. How do we look at your genetics? How do we look at your family history? How do we look at your lifestyle and develop something that can keep you healthy, maximize your life, help you age well and get the most out of life, right? Is that a a fairly Mm -hmm. succinct description of 2.0 versus 3.0?
2: I think so. Well, and, like, going back to the example you said earlier, like, catching that insulin resistance or metabolic dysfunction when it starts rather than when you've suddenly been diagnosed with diabetes. Like, that's that's the idea, right, of medicine 3.0 is – Medicine 2.0, we don't address it until you've got an A1C of whatever. Um, But medicine 3.0, we're looking at your diabetes 10 years before you would have ever received a diagnosis and saying, hey, the problem has started, and so let's address it. Or even let's just avoid getting there altogether.
1: And Let's be honest with why modern medicine, current medicine, is not equipped. Uh, It has a lot to do with billing, has a lot to do with time availability, has a lot Mm -hmm. to do with You know, physicians are just, there's not, there's not a lot, you know, so your time that you're allotted in your, your annual health and wellness visit with your primary care doctor is about 30 minutes, max, maybe. Max, 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 max. So, I mean, how much can you cover in that time? Yeah. Right? I mean, we, we do, we go out of our way to kind of preach and teach here, but we still got some time limits on things, right? So I think another big aspect of this book is the call to attention that you have to be the steward of your health. Mm-hmm. Right? Which,
0: which is awesome. I think yeah. uh, this gives, uh, medicine 3.0 gives control back to you as a patient. Mm-hmm. You can help dictate a lot of your care going forward through lifestyle and, and through knowing this information. Uh, one thing I thought about when I was reading this book and I would listen to political debates in the past and one of the things 10 years ago that a lot of politicians would bring up is, you know, the United States spends more money on healthcare than any country, but yet they're at the bottom of the list on being healthy as a nation. And and I think that this is an absolute problem we have. We're in the mindset in our medicine, current medicine 2.0, that we throw medications at all these issues we're not looking at the root cause. Mm-hmm. Why are you overweight? What's going on metabolically that's causing this? Oh, this is it's due to lifestyle. So let's go back and let's work on lifestyle. And I think that that's why change into medicine 3.0 and really working on the root cause is a game changer for everybody.
1: Yeah, but you know how many how many people? Me personally, I know what to do. How do I keep myself accountable to do it? So, I mean, you got to keep that in the back of your mind as you're kind of reading, reading through this book. Um, you know, how do I... And I, I think the way he, he explains it is thinking about how you age, right? When I'm 25, I'm not thinking about 80. No. I didn't think about 80 till I hit 40 because <laughs> I was halfway there. And, you know, I started thinking a little bit differently. It, it's, uh, and, you know, one of the big things he points out in the book is how Americans die. Right? So two big things I take I take away from this conversation. You know, the one thing he said, I don't know if he said in this book, but he said in the past, like, you know, if you get through the the four horseman years, which mm-hmm. he describes as
0: heart disease, cancer, cancer.
2: Alzheimer's, diabetes. Yeah.
1: Right. So those are the four big things. Those are the four big things none of us want. Those are the four big things that are going to kill most of us. But say you stumble through and those didn't get you. Right? Well, then it's, you're going to fall and break a hip. You're going to fall and break an arm, and you're just never going to recover. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be alive, but you're never the same, right? I mean, how many people have had that happen in their family? Yeah. That's, a how, lot. that's how my grandma, all my right. grandparents, that's kind of how what happened. They got mm-hmm. debilitated and lived into their 80s, but it wasn't a functional, no. really great 85, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you, you think, I, 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 I got to do the things to try to drive down these four horsemen. I got to do the things I can do to minimize diabetes and heart attacks and dementia, and
2: cancer. Cancer, <laughs> that's a big one. Um, yeah.
1: But once I get through that, what it, you know, I, I still need to be conscious of what what the end of life looks like. Mm-hmm. And so, in this book, he kind of draws attention to you know uh, people in America right now. We we get to like fifty, sixty, and then it's just a long, protracted, prolonged death mm-hmm.
0: over about twelve years on average. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you, you get you know you just you just stop being functional and you just kind of wind down and yeah. and that's he's going to point out that's not exactly how we were meant to live or we were meant to die. It was more so you you rock it hard till you're 95 and then you don't wake up one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you go right. out with a bang. Yeah. It's yeah. a six,
0: it's a, do you say six month decline I mm-hmm. think on average yeah. it, of,
1: a, of a healthy person yeah. about six months into mm-hmm. of life. Because mm-hmm. if you look at you're going back to the medical medical spending. What what percentage? Ooh, right? this is a good one. So where do we spend most of our money?
0: So I think it's the, the data is like eighty five percent of all healthcare spending is the last six months of life, hmm. and just because we're just throwing tons of money at hmm. things that aren't you can't reverse. Yeah. Correct.
1: Well, it's too late. It's too late. Right. <laughs> it's just too late. And and you know you're, I, I guess the one thing that I wanted to get out of this podcast, this is part one was, act now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right uh whether you're 20 whether you're 30 whether you're 40 whether you're 50 don't don't wait till your late 50s 60s 70s be like man i think i'm gonna get in shape <laughs> right, right? Yeah. i mean if if you're at that point do yeah like have those thoughts Take the plunge. but yeah. if you're in that earlier part of life you know thinking about you know how do my decisions add up over the years mm-hmm. right
2: Yeah, it's a tough thing to think about, too. So like when he's talking about in the book, he's talking about longevity and he talks a lot about people who have lived to be 100. Um, And I think I might have told you guys after I started reading the book and I read the part where he talks about the statistics. If you have a female in your family who's lived over like to 100 or over, how many times more likely you are to live that old? And I was like, oh, no, I have so many people in my family, so many females in my family that have lived that long. And it's scary because you think, well, I don't want to live to 100 because from the time I'm 85 to 100, I don't want to be in a wheelchair or in a nursing home well, or don't. lose my mind. But yeah, that's the thing is like, that's what the whole book is about. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. That's just kind of what we think it has to be like, because that's what we see most often. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if he talks about it in this book, but I think Mark Hyman does in young forever, but there's a few genes mm-hmm. that basically are in a family that they live over a hundred and that's pretty consistent. And uh so
1: it's the foxo gene. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, it's in the yeah. wild health. It, I so I looked at probably 45 people's genetics when I was doing the wild health uh kind of internship and I saw nobody with that gene. <laughs> Maybe you, Chelsea. So
2: Maybe I could be your one. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> now, uh I do uh, cuz all these books kind of talk about these blue zones and I'm pretty sure people have heard that term blue zones. Oh, you know the there's a blue zone in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the o- Okinawans, you know, on average live to be like 95 to 105. Mm-hmm. And they always want to point to one aspect that, oh, it's because they eat this. Mm-hmm. It's because they eat the Okinawan sweet potato. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I always don't really trust those conversations and studies very much because it's a lifestyle, right? right. So Okinawans, you know, their kids take care of them. Like they they move in, it's just accepted practice mm-hmm. in, in America. It's like, oh, our, kids, our parents are moving in. Oh, the stress. <laughs> it probably decreases your lifespan. You Have to live with <laughs> right. a, your relative, but in Japan, that's not that's not the, the case. Yeah. So you're always going to have this loving environment. You're always going to have this caring environment. They have like zero processed food in their diet. All they real food. they probably have that FoxO gene kind of running around. Um, Very active. So and, and and they stay active. I mean, yeah. whether it's tight, you know. I, I, I don't want oh, I don't want to culturally appropriate here. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it specifically they're doing in Japan, but their their elders continue to move and it's it's encouraged yeah. and it's uh and you know, they don't just park them in the TV to watch, you know, John Wayne reruns. Mm-hmm. Like Price Prices is right. Prices is, Price right. is right. <laughs> oh man. I just saw Make on Samsung TV peace. you can watch Prices is right 24 hours a day. Oh. Yeah. <sighs>
2: Um, So he talks about that in the book, too, about how a lot of times when people are looking at longevity, they will quote these um, like randomized controlled trials. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem is, is that you can't do a longevity randomized controlled trial. Number one, it's not ethical. But number two, like you can't do it for long enough. People die. Um, And so he talks about that, too, about how you can look at that information and gather maybe some information from it but you can't look at a study that says okinawan sweet potatoes are the way to live to a hundred like because that's not it yeah. there are so many other factors that's going, going into there's that. so many factors in yeah. these
1: blues conversations like mm-hmm. you know everybody talking about the mediterranean diet being the key to heart health mm-hmm. first of all heart's not the only thing You I mean you got to think about the whole body uh but also What the people, the the Mediterranean's that eat a Mediterranean diet and what a Mediterranean diet looks like here are completely different things, Mm -hmm. right?
0: It's how they grow their food. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. And so you can't, you know, you can't look at those one-offs and say, oh, I'm going to do that. Now everything's going to be fine. Right. You got to look at the whole picture. Right.
0: And that's what I think in this book. It's, it's the whole picture. Um, There's so many aspects to health and it's not just, you know, taking fish oil, you (laughs) know what I'm saying?
1: Right. What's wrong? I take fish okay. uh, oil. good, yeah. but there's uh, Not just some that. other things. <laughs> um, one of my favorite quotes, uh, I, I wrote it. I, I didn't write it down, uh, but I didn't remember it. Stole the book. Yeah. And it's tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. Yeah. So, you know, how many of us just kind of stumble through life and like, oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm gonna try. But, you know, what he's trying to encourage people is to think about what you're wanting to achieve and put that into some context, Right. Because if you just blare into it with no actual plan, you mm-hmm. know, how many times have you heard, well, I tried keto for two weeks.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Right. Um, or I tried intermittent fasting mm-hmm. for, for a couple of days. It didn't work for me. Went like, to the well, gym for a month. Yeah. So, like, what, what, was your, what was your goal? What were you trying to achieve? Uh, and what, I mean, were you measuring anything? Was there anything that you were really kind of physically trying to, to track to, to, to see if there was a benefit? Uh, so that that quote stuck with me. I
2: think that's a hard one because I think this also kind of goes back to part of what Medicine 2.0 has ingrained in our culture is that certain things really really matter such as your weight or your BMI Um, and so then we're hyper focused on these things when in reality if you were focused on longevity you might be more concerned with your body composition, your sleep, your stress, your emotional health. I mean like all of these other things, but we get so focused like mm-hmm. tunnel vision on weight and BMI. And so that's what, that's why you do the keto diet for two weeks because you tried it for two weeks and that's you know long enough for it to work. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then it didn't, you didn't see any change in the scale. So it's like, well, I'm not doing that. Forget that. Cause it didn't change anything that I wanted it to change, yeah. but you're only looking at a speck of what that. matters mm-hmm. in the end.
0: Well, and this is something, you know, since I've been reading books like this in my own personal life, what, what have I measured along the way to know that things are improving my energy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, just day to day, my, um, joy of life. Um, I've looked at some of those, those labs that are a little bit you know we've talked about them on here a little different than what you get at your primary care inflammatory markers things like that and through the changes that i've made i've seen improvement so i think you have to look at all this it's not just a weight on the scale Mm -hmm. if i would have used weight as my only parameter i would have been discouraged along Mm -hmm. the way and so i think you have to look at different things medicine 2.0 looked at just some things that aren't good barometers Mm -hmm. or measuring uh, devices like weight now we have advanced ways to look at things. Looking at our glucose, you know, continuous using a continuous glucose monitor, I got my insulin resistance reversed through through using that. And so I think you have to use some of these newer things.
2: Yeah,
1: I think one of the and he he had this term these two terms prior to the book, but lifespan versus health span, mm-hmm. right? So in in America we tend to focus on lifespan, and I should have brought this up when we were talking about the, the, curve. This, the curve of dying. <laughs> Um, but lifespan, you know, we, you know, that's that's a big catch term. Like, you know, turn on CNN or Fox. Like, oh, Americans are living to be seventy-six, which is five months. So they're they're <laughs> they're focusing on, you know, how you know, time timeline, how long do we live? And if people want to know, America is one of the worst when it comes to lifespan uh, in developed countries because of all the stuff we're talking about. Uh, but he encourages people to think not so much about lifespan. Uh, but health span mm-hmm. like how long can i live and stay healthy and focusing on that which is kind of g- coincides with what we're talking about here you know focusing on your lifestyle and all the other metrics versus the scale because you know w- as americans we love we love to measure stuff right mm-hmm. like you know I, I can i can i can specifically know through death records when you died <laughs> but i can't look at that death record and say, say how well you live, mm-hmm. right or I, I can look at your cholesterol number and I can give you a pill to fix that versus going deeper and go looking at the, un, the unmeasurables and make a difference there. Yeah. And I think when you start thinking about lifespan uh, or health span, you know, I've said this on the podcast, and every every one of my patients hears this. But my personal health and wellness philosophy is I'm training to be ninety, right? Yeah. And I told you guys earlier I didn't really think about that till I hit forty. Uh, <laughs> But it changed. It, it really changed the way I, I lived. It, it really changed the way I work out. It changed the way I eat. It changed, changed everything about my approach. Because it, it, was, it was no longer it, It's no longer about the scale for me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get upset over the the ten pound difference, uh, winter to summer, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I am gonna be more concerned with, you know, doing the things I know to prevent Alzheimer's, which is a risk in my family, and heart disease, and vascular disease, and, um, you know all the things that go into living as long as you can, but being active as long as you can, by being a part of the community as long as you can. So that was one of the big things that that drove me to make changes.
0: Well, I think health span is, is staying. Say you're going to live to 90. You're able to do, through those 90 years, those daily tasks that you want to do. You want to play with your great-grandkids and go um, – you know, climb some hills, mountains, and things like that. And I think in our patients, this is so relevant because one of the things that I hear when I sit down with a patient that's 30 years old, all right, I'm carrying 100 extra pounds and I'm not able to go play with my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to go do those things. Well, their their health span's already condensed now. They're not, they don't have that quality of life at the age of 30. And so these are some things that we need to think about Uh, along the way, because it's all about enjoying the most of our life and getting the most out of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that goes back to what you were saying about don't wait. You know, if you are, if you're in your twenties or your thirties or what below that, any point in time, and you're thinking, Hey, I maybe need to make a change. Like do it. Don't wait until you've, you know, quote unquote, exhausted every other, other option. I think we hear that a lot, especially with people who are wanting weight loss surgery. I've tried it all, so now this is my last resort. Unfortunately, if you would have maybe decided on a different thing to be like your first resort, maybe you wouldn't be in the spot you're in. So I think you got to think about that. It's a tough conversation, I think, to have, but I think we have got to have it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, the challenge here with kind of what we're talking about here is when people introduce – like I, I do get motivated and I want to make a change. And I introduce something that's daunting, never achievable – um or not measurable um you know kind of thinking along the lines of um you know i started working out and i didn't see the scale change Uh, let me back up uh i'm gonna get healthy i'm gonna run a marathon right Mm -hmm. so i i go out on this task to run a marathon and i don't know about you guys but i hate running uh, for know. any long distance, right? I Amen. couldn't um, do a marathon.
0: But <laughs> you know, you you I admire you, those people.
1: Yeah, you you've introduced <laughs> this idea and then you've never ran a 5k, you've never run a 1k, you've never done a fun walk or mm-hmm. a fun run. Uh and you know, probably 3 months into that, you're going to get injured or you're going to be so tight that mm-hmm. you can't move and you're like, "Well, that that I'm just a failure. Um nothing's ever going to work for me." Uh and you know, I try to encourage people not to have that mentality. Right, uh, so I tell people don't don't ever introduce something into your health and wellness routine you can't see yourself doing for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. So you know don't if if because running's a hobby, right? It's a passion. Oh, yeah. I don't know too many fifty year old runners that don't just love running, right? There's no casual fifty year old runners <laughs> out there. Um, so don't don't put something into your routine that you don't see yourself doing. Uh, if, if you're going to start getting healthy by going to the gym an hour a day, but you look at your life and that's not comprehensible to have an hour every day to go to the gym, well, don't probably don't start there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not where you are. Um, and then I also tell people not to introduce anything into your lot in your health and wellness routine that adds more stress than it believes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, I think the big ones there are like intermittent fasting and keto. Uh, like, oh, that, I, I did it, but it just, you know, uh, I got three kids because personally I, I did keto for like six months and family happens, you know, and not, not, not that it's bad, but it, it gets very hard to maintain that, that strict approach. And I, I don't look at, you know, that, that time that I spent there as a, as a, as a negative experiment, it worked great and it felt great, but I didn't put that pressure on myself to say I failed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just something I incorporated uh was it something i could do for the rest of my life uh, when i went into it i didn't think it was that uh so i had some realistic expectations but you know if you if you're going to get into something um you know don't don't make it overwhelming yeah. don't don't make it uh yeah to me meal prepping and journaling <laughs> are probably the two things like people start off real motivated mm-hmm. and real gung ho and it works at first but it's just very hard to do yeah. long term so if you need to do that some of that stuff as a tool to, to get some insight into what you're doing, don't don't say, hey, I can't be healthy without doing it, and don't say I screwed up because I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. right? Does everybody agree with that? Mm-hmm. I do, yeah. I think I was all over the map there with that kind of explanation.
2: <laughs> I followed how <laughs> did Yeah, I did you?
1: I'm pretty sure everybody listening things okay, like, good. Uh you said don't introduce anything, but introduce <laughs> some stuff." Baby steps, I that, think, is yeah. what
2: you're saying. Well, well,
0: and I think... you we always talk about this is helping someone really change their habits. Uh, I always go back to just my, because I can relate to myself is when you start making changes in your life and setting these goals and you start seeing the benefits when you're eating healthier, you feel better. So when I get back to eating unhealthy, I feel bad mm-hmm. And, and it's understanding how you felt in that moment when you were making those changes that drives you back to that. Same thing on, on setting all these goals and having purpose and task. Uh, what keeps me refreshed on all this is reading books like this. You always have to be learning. And when I read a book like this, all of a sudden it gets, my, it gets me back motivated again. And I think you need to constantly be doing those types of things to, to keep yourself going in the right direction. Otherwise, like you said, want to run that marathon and, and not having steps along the way that drive you there, feeling good while you're running, um, that, that you just, you just quit because all of a sudden it becomes too hard and living healthy shouldn't be hard.
1: Yeah. And not, not in this section, but you know, I was just thinking about this today, like how many times like people get into a good routine and then a life event happens uh, whether it's a yeah. death of a significant one, whether it's COVID, uh, whether it's a loss of a job, having to move. Yeah. and Yeah, relationships. I think, you know, people get disappointed that they get out of that routine and it gets very hard to get back to it. And I, I kind of think of it, you know, yeah, I wasn't really living the way I wanted to for that two months, but I, I know I know what to do. I haven't screwed things up. I haven't... I haven't, you know, it, all is not lost, right? I can slowly work myself back up to that routine. Because it happened to me with CrossFit and COVID. I was very avid CrossFitter going into COVID. Gym shut down. Not that I stopped doing CrossFit-type things, but I stopped waking up at 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So going back to CrossFit was very daunting to me. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I just I, I viewed it as like something I couldn't do. Uh, and it became stressful to me because I couldn't get back, so I just said how oh, I wasn't going to work out, right, because I couldn't couldn't go back to the gym. And slowly I kind of built that back up into my own routine, and I'm at a good spot now. Um, but, you know, these you have to be prepared for these life events that may kind of throw you off.
0: My life event this morning was I was going to get back into my normal workout routine because we are off Monday. Mm-hmm. I usually do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, and our girl came into our bedroom last night about midnight oh. and Oh, just wrecked my sleep. So this morning I just barely could get up going and yes, it threw off my routine, but you know what I'm wanting to do today? I want to work out. Mm-hmm. I, I want to. Uh, and so you just, that feeling of how it makes you feel is what drives you back to, okay, I didn't do it this morning, but this afternoon I'm going to play tennis and I'm going to get back into that routine. There you go. Blue and tennis. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 and I picked this up three years ago. I've never played <laughs> tennis in my life, but uh, it's not too—you're not too old to start anything. There you go. Yesterday he was gonna be a golf pro. <laughs> well, that one too.
2: <laughs> you're pretty good at that one too. <laughs> 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 always experimenting, man. Right? That's,
1: That's what you gotta
0: do. I'm finding those things you can do at an old age.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: There you go. When he summaries takeaway so this is this will be a three-part series this Mm -hmm. is part Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. part two will be way more nerdier way more in-depth yes chelsea's got to take way more notes i did i took
2: triple the notes
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think summation is um, introducing us this book is introducing us to a new concept of instead of medicine 2.0 which is a system that's not truly making us healthier there is a new way of doing it medicine 3.0 which is giving the patient more control of their health, that they can through lifestyle prevent all these four horsemen that we just talked about. Also, there's an idea of lifespan versus health span. We've always been thinking that, oh, I need to live to, you know, 85 years old. But if I do not do that well and take care of myself, I'll start declining at the age of 65, won't enjoy retirement. I'll be going to doctors my entire um, retirement. And then all of a sudden I pass away and it's 12 years of painful death Mm -hmm. versus, okay, I'm going to live to 95 and I'm going to live a hundred miles an hour and join my kids and grandkids and great, great grandkids until then. And I think there's a a way to do this right. And I think that this book lays out a really good start to that.
1: Yeah, I was in Hawaii with Laird Hamilton. It's my claim to fame. I hung out with Laird Hamilton.
0: (laughs) Who's a surfer, right? Big big wave surfer.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Really into health and wellness. He kind of started this whole... Uh, heat therapy or contrast therapy movement, the ice cold, uh, ice baths, stuff of that. And he takes all of his clothes and they're specially hemmed on the inside. Like if he pulls his shorts out, it says live fast and take chances. <laughs> that's his like that's his philosophy. That's his motto. I mean he's a big wave surfer. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah live makes fast sense. and take chances. <laughs> but I mean, great guy. I mean just the way he looks at life, it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna rock this and then drop dead. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I, I was. It was very motivating to be around him. I just want to throw that in there. Nice. Okay. Okay. Live fast and take chances. There so you go. T- take up, take up ten when though. you're age 50, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Live fast. <laughs> Make that extra dive. Take chances. <laughs> uh, that may that may not be a great philosophy for everybody, but <laughs> if you have the right the right mindset, live fast and take chances. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Don't be reckless. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it? I think that's that's
2: it. Yeah, part one. Part one done. Come back for part two later.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. See you.